0: The Book Love Foundation podcast is produced by the Teacher Learning Sessions, connecting teachers with ideas, experts, and each other. Welcome to the Book Love Foundation podcast. We have a winter special series going on right now to highlight some of the educators that we admire and Get them to talk about books that they love. It's holiday break week. And you know what? This morning, it was minus 11 here in North Conway, New Hampshire. Uh, Minus 20-something below zero when you add in the wind chill. So it's a perfect day for me to sit around thinking about reading. Today, I started my day with my notebook and Maya Wilson's new book, Reimagining Writing Assessment from Scales to Stories. I found so much rich thinking in Tom Newkirk's introduction to her book, that I had to slow down, list a little bit in my notebook, write, and just sit beside Tom Newkirk's thinking before I could move on. And I have to say, break week is a time when I just love doing that. I appreciate this time to linger in complex thinking. We all read so fast now. We ride a wave of information and then the next one. But I think we also need time to read slowly. I'm so grateful. So before we get to today's book talks with the wise and thoughtful teacher, Tricia Abervia, I want to say that Maya Wilson's book will challenge you to see assessment, grading, and rubrics differently. She'll be on the podcast later this season, and I'm sure you'll respond as I did the first time I heard her speak. I need to listen to this woman. Tom says, as Wilson lays out her elegant argument, She challenges three central premises of scales. One, that we can predetermine a spectrum from bad to good with descriptions of intermediate stages. Two, that we can objectively place the student's writing along this scale. And three, by knowing one's rating on a scale, it will improve learning and lead to growth. I love that Maya's challenging all three of those assumptions that are at the heart of using rubrics. Then he ends his introduction by saying, this is the challenge Maya Wilson poses for us to be responsive, open to novelty, and to proclaim our loyalty to the learner and not to be simply agents of the institutional sorting machine. Maya Wilson teaches up at the University of Maine, Farmington, and I am so looking forward to introducing some of you to her work. Um, But today, let's talk about Tricia. She is someone who I follow on Twitter, and the link to her Twitter ID and to the book she recommends will be on the teacherlearningsessions.com page. She's someone who, every time she posts a link or something she's doing in her classroom, I click on it, always, because Tricia's thinking is fresh and lively and challenges me. I love that. She has been teaching for 17 years outside of Philadelphia and she's also co-director of the Philadelphia Writing and Literature Project. Imagine those two things and now add on that for the last two years, she's been a Heinemann Fellow. If you haven't checked out the Heinemann Fellows application for 2018, you absolutely should. I think Trisha would be the first one to tell you that it has been an unimaginably powerful experience of connecting with other colleagues in a 2-year professional development opportunity. So, here's Trisha. So, I asked you to select some books, and you sent me the five that you want to talk about, and I have heard of none of them. So I am sitting here with my pen out to think about these things with you, and I bet you I will be ordering them by the end of this couple minutes together.
1: Well, I did narrow down to three for time's sake. All (laughs) right. um, So I'll start with the first one, which is um, a YA novel um, that I have on my shelf right now. It's called When Dimple Met Rishi by Sandhya Minan. Um it's Minon or May M-E-N-O-N. I M E N O N. Um I love this book for so many reasons. I think one reason I love it is because I just don't think that there's enough books that feature um really wonderfully written Indian American characters. Um, and as someone who is an Asian American, I think that representation matters. And, um, I think that, that is just wonderful to be able to see. Um, it's a book that takes place in California. It's about a teenage girl named Dimple who is Indian American and she comes from a very, um, well, relatively traditional Indian family. And she's very high achieving, loves, um, science and engineering. Um, but her family, um, they would actually be very happy if she could just kind of, like, you know, get her education, but then find a nice Indian boy who then could just be a potential husband for her. Um, Dimple, of course, has her own plans. Um, Like I said, she loves computer science and coding. And when the book opens, she's actually trying to convince her parents to let her go to this really prestigious, like, coding camp that's at San Francisco State University. Um, To her surprise, her parents let her go. And that's where she should have been suspicious, because... Um, unbeknownst to her, her parents have, um, talked to her, their family friends and they've arranged it so that, um, their son, Rishi is also at this coding camp and, and, um, Rishi knows about her and knows. And what he knows is that he's supposed to marry her one day. And, and he's very um, traditional in a way. So he's like, okay, he's like going with it. Now Dimple doesn't know anything about this. So you can imagine when they meet for the first time, she is furious. And the novel kind of unfolds from there. And so the other way that I like to describe the book is if um, like a, if you took a Bollywood film and you put it into a book, this would be that book. <laughs> so Bollywood films have a lot of, they're romantic and there's humor and there's song and dance and comedy and yet also social commentary and all of those things end up in this in really surprising and clever ways um, so like I said I would highly recommend this book it's just really um, it's a unique book it's something I haven't ever seen before it's also told in dual perspectives from Dimples and Rishis so I think kids who like those types of books which I know a lot of our YA books is kind of a trend right now I think they would enjoy this book for those reasons as well so, that so that's the first awesome.
0: one I, yeah. I kind of want to be named Dimple
1: now yeah <laughs> it's great yeah
0: okay what else you got
1: alright so the next book is um, now this is not a YA book but it would appeal to I think a lot of um, adolescents in fact it was one of my ninth graders who recommended it to me Um, the book is called Crazy Rich Asians by Kevin Kwan Um, now it's getting a lot of buzz or it was getting a lot of buzz in the past months because they just wrapped up production on the film adaptation which is coming out in August Um, it's like I said, not a YA book, but, um, it was recommended to me by a ninth grader who said she loved it. And I thought, okay, it wasn't really my type of book, to be honest. I mean, the title is crazy, rich Asians. And it seemed to be this very kind of glitzy, maybe even superficial type Uh of book as the title suggests. And, um, I was just like, I don't know, but she recommended it to me and I thought, okay, I'm going to read it. And I'm really glad I did because I was just really wrong. (laughs) I mean, it was like fun and um, light, but it was also like an amazing social commentary. Um, So the story is about a young couple named Rachel and Nick. And when the novel opens, they're in New York city. They're both faculty, um, young faculty at, I think a university, I think it might be supposed to be NYU. Um, Nick's best friend um, Nick is from Singapore. Nick's best friend is getting married, and so he wants to bring Rachel with him. Um, Rachel is Chinese-American. He wants to bring Rachel home with him to meet his parents and go to this wedding. So Rachel, of course, um, is um, is a complete, I don't want to say a mess, but she's nervous because now she's meeting her significant other's parents and family. But what she doesn't know, and what Nick has kept a secret from her, is that he's actually um, part of one of the oldest and richest families in Singapore, like like really old money, centuries rich, kind of crazy rich. And um, so she goes there with him and he's kept this whole life a secret because he's just not learned not to talk about his money. And of course, she is not good enough for like the family looks very much down on her and she's not good enough. And so it seems in a lot of ways kind of the plot of a romantic comedy. But what I found really interesting was Kevin Kwan has this such a great touch in terms of the satire, because he's really able to capture the attitudes of the uber rich, the ostentatiousness, um, but he does it with a kind of um, humor and a kind of humanity at the same time. And it, it's actually the first in a series, and I went on to read the rest of the series. <laughs> and it just blows your mind. There's a whole society and world that I was totally unaware of. Um, and I think for those reasons, I think a lot of people would like it. The way I would describe it is if you like um, books that are kind of a, like about high-class society and comedies of manners, um, with Jane Austen, Edith Wharton, this is like that, except in Singapore. <laughs> so it's like, again, I would highly recommend that book as well.
0: Oh, you're killing me because it's like Jane yeah. Austen, and I'm a Jane Austen, like, crazy fan.
1: Yeah, it like It is just, it's like that. Like, all the rules about society and... Um, like the, those manners, it, everything. He just has it down. It's perfect. It really is. It's just. It's amazing. And you know
0: the thing about a series books. Kylene um, Beers talked about how ninety eight percent of adult readers read series books as a kid.
1: Yes. Yes. I think I read that too. Like I think that's the um, one of the biggest predictors of like adult reading. If you yes. had a series when you were a child. Yeah. yeah. I think it's awesome. So and what's fact- your third? Yeah. So uh, my third one is a beautiful book. It's actually a book of short stories. Um, And this book is called The Paper Menagerie by Ken Liu. Um, Ken Liu is a science fiction and fantasy writer. So again, this is kind of interesting because these books in a lot of ways are not generally my genre. Um, But he is a short story uh, writer of science fiction and fantasy. The Paper Menagerie. Now, I'm actually in the middle of reading it. So what I'd like to recommend in it is actually one specific story. And it's the title story called The Paper Menagerie. Um, it is a coming of age story about a young boy who's trying to come to terms with his identity, um, as the son of immigrant parents. Um, he's trying to fit in with his peers. He feels ashamed of his mother who is Chinese and can't speak English. Um. She tries to communicate with him and develop this relationship with him as much as she can. So she makes these beautiful little paper animals. She uses old Christmas wrapping paper to make these beautiful um, animals, almost like origami. And there's this element of magical realism where the animals actually come to life when he's playing with them as a young boy. And they're kind of his companions. Um, So it's it's just beautiful the way that the... Paper animals and his relationship with his mother kind of mirror each other because he's, the story starts out, he's a young boy, but by the time the story ends, he's a grown up. And all these things kind of happen um, in between. And um, I want to say, too, that this story is actually featured on um, the a podcast, LeVar Burton Reads. I don't know if you know that podcast. I don't. Yeah. So it's basically reading Rainbow for Adults. <laughs> so LeVar yeah, so Lavar Burton just chooses a short story every episode, and he reads it. And So you just listen to Lavar Burton read to you when you're driving on your way to work. <laughs> um, and this was one of the stories, the Paper Menagerie. I don't, I forget what episode it is, but you can find it. And so to have this beautiful story, and then to have Lavar Burton read it to you, it's it is a magical experience. <laughs> that is
0: incredible and so great for kids who love that bridge with Audible. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. And actually my colleague um, next door to me my, um, my school, she actually used this story with her, um, AP lit students and, um, they listened to it. They listened to LeVar Burton read it to them. And she said, it was so quiet. The kids were completely captivated. Like you could not, they would not move when the bell rang. <laughs> um, so wow. it is, and so part of it was his reading, but part of it and a lot of it is a story because, again, it's about that tension of growing up and coming to terms with um, your family and really what it means to love, which the main character doesn't fully understand. I mean, this is life, right? He doesn't fully understand until much later. So there's a lot of there's a lot of that in there. It's, it's just wow. it's really beautiful.
0: It's you know, what I love is I can see bridges to the namesake. Which I thought was so powerful, that idea of the child that's raised here, but by immigrant parents. And so, and the other one I thought of is how we always try to create those ladders to magical realism and like 100 Years of Solitude. And what about a short story that's somewhere on that ladder, you know, so they could read Bone Gap in middle school, but they could then look at, or in early high school, a short story along that path.
1: Yeah, exactly. It really is. um, I think it's just a great bridge for kids.
0: Absolutely. You are so awesome. Thank you for giving us these recommendations.
1: Sure, of course.
0: It's so great to talk to you, Tricia. I love your work. I hope everybody follows you on Twitter because you just say important things.
1: Oh, thank you, Penny. <laughs> That's really nice of you to say.
0: Well, have a great evening. Happy holidays.
1: Okay, you too. I'll talk to you soon.
0: Okay, bye. Thanks so much to Tricia Obervia for that fabulous round of book talks. I have to say, when Dimple met Rishi was in my daughter's Christmas stocking, and she has since started it. She's home this week. And she said, Mom, you are going to love this. I know, Trisha told me. Tune in tomorrow for our winter break special podcast number four, where I talk to Dana Johansson, who's a middle school teacher in Connecticut at Greenwich Academy. Happy reading.
2: Hello, this is Kevin Carlson from the Teacher Learning Sessions. Thank you for listening to the third of our special winter break reading episodes. If you missed Penny's book talks or missed hearing the books that Cornelius Minor recommended in the previous two episodes, you should definitely check those out. After we finish this series of mini-episodes for the break, everybody on the Teacher Learning Sessions email list will receive a full list of the books that people talk about in the episodes, both the trade books and the professional books. If you would like to receive that list yourself, just go to teacherlearningsessions.com and join the email list. You can do it right now. It's simple and it's quick. If you are already on the email list, thank you very much. In our next episode, Dana Johansson.
1: Oh my gosh, I love this book. Every single time I read it. Um, Sorry, it's so great, it's so great. Um, It draws readers right in that they can't put this down um, because everyone wants to know what's going to happen to these kids in this castle and um, will they survive? Um, And it has it all. It has ancient curses. It has charms. It has spies. It has war. It has magic. It just has it all.
2: Thanks for listening. Keep enjoying your winter break and happy reading. Support for the Book Love Foundation podcast comes from BookSource. As a leading distributor of authentic literature for K-12 classrooms, BookSource makes it easy for educators to build, grow, and organize classroom libraries that engage readers. With 300 title grade-level starter libraries for grades K-12, featuring a mix of fiction and nonfiction and covering a variety of topics and genres, BookSource can help you build a strong foundation of books at every grade level. To stock your classroom library with titles that engage readers, visit booksource.com today. The Book Love Foundation podcast is produced by the Teacher Learning Sessions, connecting teachers with ideas, experts, and each other.